Okay, beautiful everyone. We don't want to get copyrighted. Well, copyrighted just means you can't monetize it or which who gives a real fuck, huh? I'm late on rent. (laughs) Beautiful Wednesday to be alive. Thankful for everything. Thankful for my fucking health. My teeth are finally feeling better, which is nice because teeth pain is a bunch of bullshit. You know what? We got a good show lined up for you today. We got here in about a half hour. We're going to talk to Brian Barberina. He's on the card, UFC 276, and he's fighting Robbie Lawler, ruthless Robbie Lawler. I've been training with Brian for a long time, but we'll be talking to him in about a half an hour. Uh, So we got a bunch of stuff to discuss today. First off, we're going to give Massage Envy a call because they send me emails. I get a massage from Massage Envy. It's like fucking $100. And I'm expecting a good little fucking massage. And they make me keep my shirt on. So that's one thing that pissed me off. Really? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they thought I was ugly. I don't know what it was. (laughs) But they send me emails every single fucking day. So You could unsubscribe to them. You could do that. Yeah. But see, I'm not going to go that far into it. No. No, I'm going to give them a call. Yeah, I'm going to give them a call here and see what they can actually do for me. Thank you for calling Southern Radio. This is Cameron. How can I help you? Hi. Uh, how's it going? I've been getting um, emails from you guys. And I was just curious, what type of massages do you guys give? Yeah, so the massages are fully customizable. So you kind of just let us know what you're looking for as far as pressure, focus areas, any specific requests, and then we'll book you with a therapist that will best fit those needs. And then when you're in session, they can give you what whatever you're looking for. Okay. Do your massages, do you you guys give out ultimate relief? I don't really know how to put this. Um, Are you guys guaranteed ultimate relief? It's not necessarily guaranteed, um, but the sessions can definitely work towards getting relief for you. Okay, like ultimate release. Sometimes it takes a, a couple sessions to be able to get um, to feel that progress going through, but it it'll it definitely makes a difference over time. Okay, and as far as I don't really know how to ask this, you know what? I'll just get to it. You get is there any chance for rub and tug? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> well, you know what? Oh, Cops are calling. No, they send me emails so I can ask my questions. She said, "Oh my god, she just hung up." <sighs> Rubber tongue is too far, 
too far, ladies and gentlemen. So we got some big, good, actually some really good UFC fights this weekend. Jeez. Let me hit some uh, picks for this weekend's fights. UFC fights. What card is this coming? Uh, it's. I think it's just a fight night. Yeah, it's the Gomrot Terzakian guy. I don't really know about that guy. I guess he's really good. The Gomrot guy, twenty and one, really fun to watch. Can wrestle like a motherfucker. Uh, he fought my boy Scott Holtzman. Uh, that'll be exciting to watch. Not a lot of people are probably know who those guys are, but they're both pretty good. I think. I mean, the Gomrock guy is good. So Neil and then the Shav Shavkat, fifteen and zero. Everyone talks about him and Kamzat uh, fighting. We'll see how he does against Neil. Training with Neil, tra- Neil's he's not super strong. He definitely has this like kind of skinny guy feel when you grab a hold of him but i mean he's always game as fuck when he fights he's always got really good cardio so he's gonna attack you the whole time so that'll be an interesting fight and a definitely a big step up for shavkat umar Nurmagomedov versus nathan manis okay it'll be a good fight at bantamweight umar's 14 and 0 14 and 0 okay chris curtis we got Chris Curtis versus Holdolfo Vieira. Chris Curtis's career has just been crazy. And now he's in the UFC making some cheddar, and he's fighting Holdolfo Vieira. I mean, a sick, sick fucking black belt. In that fight, probably Chris Curtis. Chris Curtis is a southpaw boxer. He's hard to take down. He's been in the game for a long time. Um, He's probably going to box up Holdolfo. But if Holdolfo gets him down, then it might be a different story. And then on the preliminary card, Paiva's back. Paiva's back in action against Sergey Mor- Morozov. So it'll be good to see how he comes back after the ass whooping Sean gave him. Hopefully he comes back good. And then we have Brian Kelleher versus Mario Bautista. Brian Kelleher's a tough kid, too. He's top to bottom. I mean, he's tough. He beat my boy Hunter Azure. Um, he's beat a handful of guys. He's got a good fucking guillotine. He he's pretty solid all around. And same for Mario, pretty solid all around. But I think Mario's just a little bit better of an athlete, a little bit quicker, a little bit better boxing. Um, their jujitsu, I bet you it's probably pretty pretty even, pretty close. So I think it's going to be mostly a striking match, where I think Mario is going to piece him up. It is short notice for Mario, but I did watch him spar three rounds. Uh, last weekend, I think, and he's in good shape. He's in really good shape. He's always training. That's the thing. Mario's always training. He's not the type of guy to get take a fight and then uh, just be a fucking fat piece of shit. He's the type of guy. He, he takes a fight, takes a couple days off, and he's back in the gym just trying to get good. Uh, so if you want to listen to that podcast with Mario, it's pretty good, and he's a very, very nice kid. And then we got Vanessa, stripper Bible. Your baby. Remember? Remember she came on? She's fighting Jin Yu Frey. We'll see if she can get it done. Vanessa from <coughs> Stripper's Bible. Okay. Dude, I was thinking about it. The fucking guaranteed pay is such bullshit, dude. Because you know what they should do? They should do if you fight and you lose a split decision, you should make your win bonus. For people that don't know, I mean, ever since I've been a a, a pro in MMA that every 
even smaller shows, UFC, Bellator, all these different shows, they pay you sh to show up. They'll send you a contract and it'll say how much money you're making to show up. So in the UFC, if it's your first fight, I think the minimum now is 12 when it used to be like seven. It used to be $7,000 to show up and then $7,000 if you win. So like, I mean, fights like Josh Emmett and Calvin Cater. Calvin, I mean, that's a split decision. A lot of people thought Calvin won, and he goes through this fucking war. And then a couple judges think they he won, and then a couple judges think Josh Emmett won. And then those decisions, now Calvin Cater gets half his money. So maybe he was on a contract for 100 and 100. Maybe. Or maybe 70, 70. I don't know. Hopefully it's over 100. Uh, hopefully it's six figures at least. But now he gets... Because of that fucking judge's decision, he gets to go home with half his money. It's fucked. They definitely should put a stipulation in there. If you're in the top 10, or even top 5 if they want, you get a flat pay. You get your show and win. Because they know you're not going to go in there and just flop and give up and just get your money. You're, they're going the top 5, top 10. Those guys are trying to be champions. They're going to go in there and give it their all regardless. So when they lose, they shouldn't get half their money, especially in a split decision. Oh, the split decisions are just fucking pathetic, dude. They're so bullshit. Our boy Dallas. Dallas is, uh, he's the designer of a lot of, I mean, all my shirts pretty much. All my shirts, well, at least the ones that sell good. The ones that don't sell good, I designed, so... He designs his shirts. He's a fucking great designer for the shirts, and he's found himself some love lately. <laughs> he's found himself in deep love. And his girl comes. I mean, and this is your first time with real love, right? Mm -hmm. mm. <laughs> mm -hmm. So your first time with real love, like, fuck. She came and stayed, and did you guys have any, I mean disagreements because that's the thing when you in a long distance relationship it's easy to be on the phone and then facetime in and every you're, you're at your best every time you're talking to them but then you stay with the partner for a couple days and then they they do little things maybe here and there to piss you off or sh or you do little things here and there to piss her off did you guys run into any of those squabbles uh yeah we came into some disagreements but I about mean, I, what just little things as far as like building shit and just like uh, it, I mean, like we were we were building furniture, and there's just like little like oh like here and there like. But I mean, that's with any relationship. I feel like there's always going to be something that you're going to disagree on and shit like that. Oh, a hundred percent, dude, a hundred percent. And what emotions went through your body when she was disagreeing with you? Did ever abuse go through? No, we just we just good, fuck around, good, just good. like we're just like oh like whatever. Like I'm just like I'll just listen to her and just say all right, you know. Just do what you got to do. Like, if that's what you think is right, then we'll do that. Like, I mean, you're better off building this shit than me, so. And then did it did did it change your mood throughout the day, or did no, it? No, it wasn't anything crazy. And then you still got the finger blaster at the end of the night? Mm, something like that. There we go, baby. There we go. So Dal says he hasn't fucked his girl for a couple weeks. And then he says she comes over. And he hasn't busted for a while. And he tells me straight to my face that he lasts a half an hour of pounding. It's That's true. pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty true. I don't Is I'm it pretty is it cap? Do you cap. still jack off or no? Yeah, I'll jack off sometimes here and there. Would your girl consider that cheating? No. If you're watching other porn? No. Really? No. 
okay, so because I'm pretty good shape, like I grapple every day, I work out every day, and for me to fuck for a half an hour, I get gassed. Yeah. So I'm curious yeah. to how, but my pace is probably high. Yeah. Right. But you also got to think too. You're a little older. I'm not to say like. No, I'm not judging. <laughs> I'm not judging you based off your age. I'm just saying. <laughs> but you are athletic, so it's like. I mean, you're a different breed. I mean, in a good way. So when I'm pumping, I, pff, I get gassed quick. So I have to take it. But you also take, take blue chew. So <laughs> once in a mouth. while, my fault. Do you hear me? I never, I never take blue chew just for random sex. But I take on blue your chew. intention going into that sex. Like you're like, all right, like, like I, I took blue chew with my girl once. Day. He fucks his girl like once every two months. Yeah. So he wants to make it last. You know. Yeah. Like, bro. Well, like, there's sure. been there's been times where I'm like fucking and like I'm really I was like, oh fuck, I'm about to bust. And she's, I'm just like, yo, slow down. Just like, cause I'm slow about down, to bust. But then I slow down and then it's normal. You have some good control of that ejaculation. What's your intention going into it? Jal, don't be saying I use blue chew every time I fuck. <laughs> I've used blue chew it. probably three times you in my life. You need it or you... I need it when I have to perform. <laughs> okay, for I respect that. Respect. For three banger. For or respect. or some strange, I'm like, hey, I really want to fuck this girl. I mean, I can't, I can't really say anything because I did take a ham that first time. And did you get obsessed with it? I mean... It, you only took it once. I took right? it once, but it was like, I mean, it had me hard, but not like anything crazy. Well, I recall waking up to text saying, hey, we need more of that ASAP, please. <laughs> you said that. I did say that. <laughs> so. I mean, it, it does work good. I'm not going to cap, so. Yeah, it does. It does. So that's good. So is there any intentions of her moving here or you moving there? Mm, can't really disclose my information. Right? Really? <laughs> Okay, okay. <laughs> like he's under investigation. And for I'm under FBI investigation. Yep, yep, for, yep. Did you see um Adrian Giannis is in top fifteen now? I did see that. And then who's Jack Shore? Do you know who Jack Shore's is? I think he's from England. Um he's fourteen. I'm pretty sure he's undefeated, right? I'm not sure. I think so. If I click on him, I think he see. has like Yeah, he's undefeated. Yeah, sixteen and oh. Um but What yeah. about Jack Shore? I think he got booked he, with someone. He's fourteen. In the rankings. Okay. And then Sean's 13. Yeah, there's a bun of in, bunch of interesting fights. I know the UFC matchmakers and the UFC higher-ups, they look at Yanez and they look at Sugar and they're like, fuck yeah. That's a sick fight, yeah. They're pumped about that fight. But I know, like, having good boxing, really good boxing, good combos, tight boxing, if you have good boxing and then you watch Sean fight, and he's always, like, when you're boxing, okay, you're dur- you're you're doing certain things when the guy's southpaw. Guy Southpaw, I'm orthodox. I'm circling to my left. I'm doing a lot of setups for my right hand. I'm doing a lot of setups for my right leg, teeps, body kicks, head kicks. If I'm boxing, I mean, it's more to the hands. But, and then orthodox and orthodox is a whole different thing. And then they see Sean fight, and he's sporadically switching stances. And when he switches stances, he's he's just as comfortable both stances, like legit, which is rare. Because a lot of people say, oh, I can fight both stances. But then you watch him fighting or sparring both stances and they can't maybe you can throw a couple combos but then your balance is way off your balance is off so you're open for counters and then you're just after you throw some shots you're not in a good position to throw some more shots or you're not in a good position to move out of the way but a good striker will watch Sean and be like what the fuck this motherfucker is randomly switching stances and he's not like even close to being off balance or and stuff so and he's throwing these kicks, and he's throwing these spins, and he's he's not loading up on these spins, and he's not loading up on these kicks, and he's fucking starching people with his straight left, and then he's 
orthodox and he's starching people with his right hand. So it's like a striker like Giannis sees that and be like, fuck, fuck. I don't know. I don't know about that fight. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, the more Giannis wins, the more he drops people, the higher his confidence is going to get. Um, and, and everyone, everyone, every, every coach will watch Sean and say, oh, it'll take his fancy kicks away if you pressure him. Oh, you got to just get in his face. That's all you got to do. And then they get in with in there with him. It's like, fuck, dude, that's way easier said than done. You don't understand it. That He's had very good sparring partners that are in the UFC that know all his tricks for years. And they are told when sparring, pressure him, pressure him, put him against the fence, take him down, pressure him, pressure him, pressure him. But you just, you just can't pressure him. You pressure him and you get cracked. You pressure him too hard, he jukes you, and then you run your face into the cage. So it's a crazy skill set he has. Um, it's going to be interesting. I, I think stand-up wise, I think Peter would, is going to be tough. I mean, he's short, but he's so fucking solid. And if you if you're off balance a little bit, or you throw a kick and you're not ready to fight right after that, he'll block that kick and rip your fucking legs back, or block that kick, punch you, and then rip your legs. He's really slick standing up, and he's not booked. So, and I, I'm pretty sure he tweeted uh, anyone in the top. 10 I think anyone in the top 10 let's do it so I mean that's a possible fight too especially Sean Starch's Pedro Peter might be pumped for that fight so that'll be good I was reading in this book called uh, Mastery I, I forgot who wrote it but they were talking about how dealing with like the mental and emotional side of sports is harder than the physical side and some people agree, some people won't agree, but I agree. I mean, the mental and emotional part is hard in sports, especially the hardest part. The biggest part of a fight usually is the week before your fight or the months before your fight where you're thinking about it so much, especially if you're not doing well on money and you're trying to, you don't know if you're going to, if you win, you get double the money and then you maybe can afford something. You can buy a house or probably not even a house, but you can buy something nice or you get half your money. So you're dealing with that. And then and then when you lose, when you lose, maybe you got KO'd, maybe you got submitted, maybe you got something happened. And now you got to deal with that mentally going into another fight. Um yeah, dealing with that kind of stuff is uh super interesting. That's why I enjoy reading those books uh like Mind Gym and The Champion's Mind and those kind of to see what to do with your thoughts when you're overthinking that kind of stuff. And, but it's easy to do. That's why a lot of, uh, there's a lot of fighters too that are just like not super smart and they don't even think about that stuff. So even for fighting, it's good. They don't, they don't even, they're like, I don't know. And then they just fight and they fight good too. Those are pretty mentally strong dudes, but they're also sometimes, I don't even know, know, know if they're smart enough to even think very deep. Uh, okay, here we go. Stoicism. If you don't know about stoicism, this might be a good thing for you to check out. So a lot of people do. A lot of people do. Do you know much about it, Jay? You've been reading about it at all? What is that? Is that like a movie or something? Yeah, it's a <laughs> Disney film. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I just was like looking into it for a little bit, but, um, yeah, that's what I meant. It's a good thing. If you're going through some bullshit. If something happened to you that's just shitty, um, what is the definition of? Is it just a way of thinking or what? 
I would say it's a philosophy. Okay. Okay. Uh, I just Googled it here and it says stoicism is the endurance of pain or hardship without the display of feeling and without complaint. So dealing with whatever happens to you. Okay. Okay. But if you're dealing with shit, I mean, that's not a bad thing to look up and look how the Stoics uh, looked at things and thought about things. It's really good. Really good. Um, okay. What do you think? Okay. JX for JX. You've been a purple belt. You've been training now for about how many years? Five or yeah, pretty much going on five, four and a half. So what do you think the hardest part of jujitsu is? Uh, probably like how you were saying the mental part, I think, cause I mean, I have obviously like you, good teammates, good coaches, and then all the people we get to train with. Uh, I just see at the end of the day, just consistency, you know, and I think the hardest part is just just showing up sometimes, you know, sometimes I get in those like kind of burnt out moods and like not really wanting to, but I'll still show up. But I feel like when I have those days and that, that where I don't want to train and I still show up to train, I kind of have like some of my best training sessions, weirdly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's the hardest part is just showing up and then uh, building that mental toughness. You know, I feel like I've always been like scrappy and stuff, but when it comes down to like, you know, when you're dead tired, yeah. doing long rounds and you don't want to, you just want to give up. Like that's the easiest thing to do. Obviously it's just like, Oh, whatever. Like just give up side control or just tap or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, I think, uh, building that mental toughness, not, not giving up and just yeah. being consi- consistent, you know, and just yeah. enjoying. Yeah, I think so too. I think everyone thinks they're mentally tough. Like if you ask any mm-hmm. random person, like, are you mentally tough? And they're like, yeah. Yeah. Especially guys, it's just their ego. Like, yeah, I'm tough. Yeah. They think, they think they're mentally tough. And yeah. then it's like, okay, put them in a couple rounds with a couple guys. And then after that second, third round, knowing they have to go a fourth and the oh, fifth yeah. round and then say, Hey, how mentally tough are you now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I just got to get in shape. It's like, yeah, dude. That's where you build your fucking mental toughness is when it's easy to build your mental toughness when you're not tired and everyone thinks they're mentally tough. But then when you're fucking exhausted and you just just get done, maybe it's a fourth round or fifth round and you're like, holy fuck, my mm-hmm. forearms are shot or my lungs. I, my whole body's so tired. You sit there and you either you're OK. Now there's 40 seconds left till you have to find another partner and start a whole nother round and you can start battling in your mind and say, hey, OK, I can I need to find an excuse to kind of sit out. Or I need to go get some water. I, I, I just, uh. Or you can be like, okay, I'm going to just follow my breath. Just try to slow my breath down and get ready for this next round. There's no option. Exactly. That's what I like. I think that's helped me a ton. Obviously, like, you are a good example of that. Like, everybody around us, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. they're just, like, really tough competitors and they don't give up. And obviously, the books that we've read, like Mind Gym and stuff like that. Yeah. Those, those helped a lot. And the breathing and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then how much do you think I, how much do you think the teaching, teaching on Tuesdays and Thursdays has helped you? Uh, I think a ton because sometimes you just do stuff like you just kind of do it out of like habit. Mm -hmm. I think it's helped me like communicate better too, like communicate my thoughts in general. I'm like, oh, why do I do this? Why do I do that? But I think it's just like ingrained the basics even more, you know, like a basic knee cut, a basic like guard pass like a toriando pass like a basic like really finishing your triangles like the proper way mm-hmm. uh, arm bars it like every time i roll with like really good guys especially like comp training i just do like 
the basic basic stuff you know if i'm in their guard i'm squaring my hips having a good posture and i don't know just like all the fundamental stuff it comes back to that because i think at blue belt like kind of mid blue belt like you kind of want to do fancy shit you know what i mean yeah for whatever reason like you kind of get bored of the fundamentals but i feel like now at purple like i'm just refining the fundamentals even more yeah especially when you're kind of a blue belt you you just think there's just oh this guy knows so much this guy knows so much and a lot of times they don't know that much they're just really good at the basic shit and they got really good at it Mm -hmm. like for a i mean in my opinion a good purple belt which you are like a good purple belt who's been in it i mean a good purple belt is going to be training for at least four or five years, in in my opinion. Not always, and something's changed. There's like, but they pretty much know as much as most black belts. Like you know as much technique in the different positions as a lot of black belts. There's not a big jump between in skill wise bef- between a good purple belt and then a black belt. It's just getting better, getting better timing, getting a better feel on all those basic things. Yeah, I think it's maybe just like the in-between little details, I guess, you know, like, oh, like if you mess up, like slightly putting your weight this way, you give up a sweep. I don't know. Just that's what I've been kind of thinking about. Mm-hmm. But also like the um, just like the what is it like just go for it. You know what I mean? Like don't like second think like a, a technique because I feel like when I see something like a sweep or a submission and like I think it and then I go for it that's when it's like too late like that split second you mm. know but if I just go for it go into the flow hey Brian's here. hey I'm I'm gonna op- uh, call you on that zoom link real quick so I can record it alright cool. right, brother it's on insta deuce deuce yeah okay we got my boy Brian Barbarina here uh, press record remember Boom. give me give us a couple sound effects from the board champ Yes, we are. We're waiting for Brian Barberino to enter the chat. We'll see if he does, ladies and gentlemen. It's like when you're waiting uh, for customer service rep. Yep. 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 yep, 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 yep. Okay, Brian. Anytime now, brother. Brian's entered. Admit. Here we go. I'll press record. <laughs> My brother. Is it windy as shit? Is there a lot of background noise? Uh, it's a little bit windy. But, uh... Go, go, jump, go, sit in my car. <laughs> uh, where you at? I'm outside the gym. Over here, there's a little, like, river area and stuff like that. So. Oh, sweet. So, uh, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, this is my uh, good friend for a long time, Brian Barberina. Uh, we, we, I think we went to the kind of the lab at the same time, I think what, eight years ago. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Eight pretty, pretty years close ago. To exactly the same time. And we fucking slugged it out for many, many years. Uh, you're currently on a two fight win streak against Matt Brown Darian Weeks, and now you get to fight Ruthless Robbie Lawler, which is a fucking sick fight, dude. When that got announced, I think everyone was so jacked. 
Yeah, hell yeah, man. I'm I'm freaking pumped. It's uh, one of those dream matchups for me, man. Uh, one, one I always look forward to. Uh, hoped I could get my whole career. So. Oh, for sure. Dude, and, and two southpaws, it's like I tell everyone, too, is you're easily one of the favorite, my favorite fighters to watch. Guaranteed when you fight, it's going to be a fucking slugfest. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. Every so, time. You, you lived in Arizona for how long? Uh, I lived in Arizona for, oh, gosh, uh, since I was a sophomore in high school. Oh, I mean, I mean, in Phoenix. Oh, okay, okay. When I was in Phoenix, then that was probably, gosh, I don't know, maybe five years or six. It was six years, six years, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. And then out of nowhere, okay, not really out of nowhere, but you and the three kids, your three kids, Chael, Deegan, and Tevia, and then um, just decided, what made you guys decide to move to Tennessee? Did you visit Hot Sauce, Scott, and then see, like, the land up there, and we're like, fuck, or what? Uh, well, actually, we, you know, we I wanted a farm. I wanted to start building a farm, talk with my, Diana about it. You know, we, that's what we wanted. We wanted to raise the kids uh, in a different lifestyle, and in order to do that, uh, you know, land in Arizona is, you know, varies a lot of desert, you know, they have some other wooded areas, but, uh, you know, we, we were looking for certain kind of properties, certain kind of land. And so we looked at nonprofit or not a nonprofit, uh, no uh, income tax for states and Tennessee was one. And of course I knew Scott, uh, hot sauce. I knew Luke Sanders lives in Nashville. So, I actually fought in Nashville and we stayed a week after that fight and looked at properties in Nashville. And then at the end of the week, looked at uh, property in Knoxville and uh, just made multiple trips back to Knoxville to check out properties and stuff and, and found land out there. And, you know, it happened so fast just because opportunity arose, you know, we wanted to make sure the kids were young when we moved and still little. So that way, you know, they weren't well into high school and stuff like that. So we didn't want to wait. Um, because we wanted them to grow up with it. So it's something we just jumped on, got an opportunity to rent a, a place on the farm and uh, before we bought our own place and when did that. That's fucking awesome, dude. So how many animals you guys got now? Uh, too many to count. Seriously? <laughs> we got a ton of them, man. So who is Deegan good at chores now? Uh, he's getting better. He's getting better. <laughs> Deegan is... Uh, you know, he's, he's the oldest, so, he, you know, he's lived the luxury of city life longer than the rest. So he's definitely, uh, we call him the city slicker, you know, he's <laughs> the one who uh, kind of drags his feet for chores How and everything, you know, wants all the amenities. Yeah. How old is Deegan now? He's 13. Yeah. 13. Holy shit. And then how old's Chael? Chael's uh, 11. And then Tevia is? Is eight. She'll be nine uh, on July 9th. Oh, my God, dude. That's fucking insane how fast those kids are growing up. So you're enjoying the farm life out there. Do you do much at a fight camp? Do you do much boozing or do you do any Mary J. Wanna? <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I actually uh, here near uh, the gym, there's a place called Muddy River Distillery. Uh, they make rum here and everything like that. So uh, I work with them a lot, drink a lot of their stuff. Um, you know, I go in there and help you know, bottle and learn how to mix it up and, and the mashes and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, stay tuned for some, uh, maybe a bam, bam rum coming out pretty soon. Oh, fuck. Yeah. So is the, is that like a dark beer? It's rum. Yeah. Oh, 
That probably just fucks you up, huh? <laughs> it's good stuff, man. Dude, so you, before the uh, Matt Brown fight, you got back surgery, right? Uh, no. So before the Jason Witt fight, I had emergency surgery where uh, I ruptured two arteries in my abdomen. That's right. For that fight, I fought Anthony Ivey. And the fight, like before that, I had back surgery. Dude, you ruptured back surgery. Anthony Ivey uh, then had emergency surgery and then fought Jason Wynn. Fuck. Was there ever a point when you're recovering from those surgeries? Like, God damn, I just, it's going to be a long road to get in shape again. I don't even know. Is there any a point where that was kind of going through your mind? Uh, yeah. When I, well, when I had my back surgery, I got it to like 245. 245? Yeah, so you know it's not you hard to send the boys some, you, know, wait. you should have sent the boys some picks. Still traps, <laughs> the though. Picks, baby. You know, ticks, tits, swaying left and right every time I move. Fucking double D tits on old B. Hell yeah! So yeah. I mean, you know, I'm you know me, I enjoy food and everything. So I got up pretty quick, and uh, you know, had to build back. And training definitely changed, and the way I trained, everything I trained smarter and had to alter some things just because of the surgery and everything and then fly anthony ivy won and was ready to kind of get some momentum keep going was looking for a short notice got booked to fight uh daniel rodriguez and uh the friday before i left for fight week i ruptured two arteries in my abdomen almost died um they said i had literally two two more minutes and i was gone like holy that was it so fuck, dude and I had still planned on fighting. I didn't think it was that serious. <laughs> yeah. Because you, I mean, what made you go to the hospital? Were you just like, the pain's just bad. I got to go. Uh, well, no, I was like, actually, I trained in North Carolina. I was traveling to Tennessee. So it was like, I was driving home. I was on the phone with Diana. And I was like, yeah, you know, my stomach is, is bothering me. I went, I got, I ate a little bit of food. I was like, it's getting worse. I was like, I did take a body kick, but. You know, it wasn't even a hard body kick or whatever. I finished on my training, didn't stop me, didn't knock the wind out of me, nothing like that. So I didn't think nothing of it. Well, it got so bad during the drive. Uh, I started sweating all over, uh, started tingling from head to toe. And like, I'm telling her this as, we're, as I'm driving because we're talking. And, and she's like, you should probably pull over. And I was like, yeah, I guess so. And then I lost my, my vision. Everything went black, couldn't see while I was driving. So I was like, I can't see. And she's like, pull over, pull over. So I just like, swerved over and thankfully there was no cars there or anything and i just remember thinking like as soon as my tires kind of dip i'm gonna throw on my brakes because that means i've gone off the the road the pavement onto the side so uh, i did and i stopped and just sat there and she's like i'm gonna call 911 where are you and so i told her and she hung up and then my vision ended up coming back and i called an ambulance and uh they came and met me and I called her back and I actually was going to try to drive to the hospital, but she was yelling at me. So I had to get in the ambulance. God, uh, dude. That's, that's think, thankfully she did. Thankfully she did talk me into, you know, yelled at me and called me an idiot and stuff like that and convinced me into getting in the ambulance because yeah, two minutes later I could have been dead. So dude, it's so fucking weird to me because I mean, back in the day, I think how hard we used to spar at the lab. I don't think I've kicked anyone so fucking hard in the body in my life and you just ate it and started kept walking forward. Um, so it's weird that that happened. And that was back when you're at 155 too. Yeah, they said it was just like it's super rare to happen anyways, but that like it just everything had to have lined up like 
the momentum of me moving forward or something, him, the way, the point he threw the kick, where it landed, the way my body was situated, everything. She, they said it was like a, a freak thing. And I was like, well, it kind of makes sense that I guess it happened to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No shit. And maybe the way you were breathing or who fucking knows. Yeah. No idea. Um, so you've been, what's your gaming schedule usually like? So you've been, cause you've been streaming on Facebook, right? Yeah, so I was doing Twitch and then switched to Facebook for a little bit just to try it out. Um, honestly, this normally in camp I game pretty much every night, and uh, this camp I just haven't been gaming at all. I gained a little bit in the beginning and then kind of put everything on hold. I just been, you know, training and the farm, everything going on at the farm. You know, we're actually trying to get the family out, moving family to North Carolina. Uh, you know, I'm sick of traveling, sick of you know, coming for the week and, and being gone. So we're looking at moving the farm and, and everything to North Carolina. So just a lot of things going on uh, as far as that goes, but don't really have time for gaming right now. And I'm focused on this fight and putting in works and, you know, putting, it's been, when I get to the house, I'm usually pretty tired. So I just, you know, hang out with the family and uh, go to bed. <laughs> Call me an old man, but you know. How much, how much you over or how much you weigh right now? I'm good. I'm around like 185 right now. So, oh, so perfect. Yeah, I'm right on. I'm, the weight's dialed in. Everything's dialed in, man. I'm I'm so ready to just fight. Uh, ready to get in there and uh, you know get after him and fucking rumble. So okay, so let let's get a couple of your picks. Volkanovski versus Max Holloway. I got like Max, man. I'm a big Max fan. And, yeah. uh, you know, the fights before were definitely close and everything. Volk's a beast, but yeah, I'm going Max. Okay. Sean Strickland versus Alex Pajera. Very interesting fight. Uh, you know, and I think Strickland's definitely a good test for him. He moves forward and takes some damage. Brawler. Uh, man. I don't know. That's a tough one. I'll, I'll, go, I'll go with uh, Pierre. I just, I just want also, you know, selfishly want him to win too, just so like he can buy Adesanya at some point. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, it's curious. I'm going to be curious to see if uh, Strickland tries to grab a hold of him and take him down. That that could change it. Or if he's fucking all pissed off and he's like, I'm going to knock out this guy who knocked out Israel just to make a statement. I'm curious to what his plan is going to be. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Pedro versus Sugar Shane. Sugar Shane, come on, man. <laughs> what, what round? Brother Sugar. What round? Pedro's never been KO'd. Never been KO'd. Hmm. We'll go two. Round two KO? Yeah. It's a good guess. Uh, Lauren versus Misha. I got Lauren. I think Lauren's going to outwork her. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, Barbarina versus Robbie Lawler. Oh, man, that's oof, that's a good fight. That's a real good fight. Yep. That's a. Uh, I'm gonna go Barbarino on that. I think he's gonna bring a different game. Yeah, he's gonna bring a different style. He's gonna ease up a level. Maybe super stand out for this one. By what? Uh Anyway, I was. I definitely. I'm gonna roll out submission. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, if it happens, I guess it, it could happen. But we're gonna say by knockout or uh, you know decision, whatever one. Uh, but it's gonna be a goddamn fucking bloodbath. Oh, dude, I'm so pumped. Especially if you guys start sitting in the pocket, because I know you're down to sit in the fucking pocket and trade with anyone. Come on now, bring it. Holy yeah. fuck. It's ready to go. I mean, 
Fuck yeah. We, I mean, we, mi- we miss you out here a lot in AZ, but Sugar and I are both super pumped to see you in the fam, dude. Yeah, dude. I'm, I'm, I miss you guys. I miss everybody out there, dude. I miss training with you guys. I miss hanging out with you guys. The Madden tournaments. I mean, whoever ended up with the belt. Was that, was that me? I remember who ended up with the belt, and that was me. <laughs> what? <laughs> nah, come on. Yes, come on. I do. We'll have, to have, a rematch. We'll, have to, we'll have to win it. You know, do a tournament sometime. See? We used to have some fucking epic tur- tournaments. You were you there for the one when when it was John Tuck, uh, Scott, Keone Diggs, yeah. <sighs> and then Sugar was there, and Sugar ended up slamming his door, crying in his room because we we're all giving him so much shit. <laughs> yeah, coaching strategies. Everyone get mad uh, throwing the the tight end the same cross all over same play over and over again. Yeah, that's his choice. That was just skills. But Sugar would use coaches' suggestions. He wouldn't even pick his own goddamn plays, and he was beating people. So we're like, that's not even you playing, dude. Yeah, and that's where he got his flare ups. Yeah, he was upset about that, dude. We're definitely gonna have to eat some pizza though after you uh, whoop on Robbie. Always, man. Always. Hell yeah. yeah. All right, brother. We'll we'll, uh, see you in a couple days, B. Hell yeah. I can't wait, man. It's going to be great to see you. All right. Talk to you soon, bro. Peace. The recording file may be recorded in before converting your medium. Okay, beautiful. Yeah, Brian Barberini. I mean, this motherfucker, you guys would love him. He's just like this. He's one of the most durable people I've ever sparred against uh like me or even in fights dude you wa- watch his fight against vicente luque it's absolutely insane his fight against matt brown is insane uh but he's like literally one of the best humans like such a good dad to his three three kids and diana's wife's awesome so i'm pumped i hope he gets it done i i really do think he i mean you can't count brian out against anyone he's fucking tough as shit so did you see the whole Nate Diaz, Jake Paul, Dana White thing? No. <clears throat> Dana White's like uh in an interview basically saying he kind of was like shitting on Nate Diaz saying like he hasn't won a fight in five years or won one fight in five years. And uh, Dana said that. Yeah. He's like, I mean, it may, that Jake Paul fight makes sense for Nate, but uh, they still have to legally give him like one more fight on this contract. That's what Dana said. Yeah, and then that's why Nate Diaz was <clears throat> tweeting, like, just let me go type of thing. And he was, like, saying, like, he wants to fight Jake Paul. I haven't seen what Jake Paul said, though. He hasn't said anything. Dude, Jake sees that fight. I bet he's just <coughs> so pumped. You know what be... Imagine I mean, everyone's going to be rooting for Nate, which... It'd be a sick fight. What if What if Jake goes out there, and I'm going to try to finish Nate, and he fucking cracks him, he cracks him, keeps cracking him, keeps cracking him, and then Nate keeps coming out. And then it's the eighth round, and he didn't and go Jake's away. Jake's just tired. Remember, he was like, you saw when Jake was tired uh, against Woodley the first time? Yeah. He gets held, like, during the end. He was yeah, and that's where Nate's going to keep tying him up. But is Nate right what if now? he gets dropped, though? I feel like Nate gets dropped. Or at least in MMA, people used to say yeah. he just likes to go to his back. I think Nate's good enough to be like, okay, I know Jake's got a good right hand. He does. He's got a good right hand. He'll jab low. He'll back up if you're chasing him like an idiot. He'll back up and whip that fucking right hand. They're good enough boxers to know that. But the thing is, Jake's boxing every single day right now. He knows he's going to have some big tests coming up. He's talking crazy. So he's training every day for boxing. Nate Diaz is like, I don't know what's next. He's probably doing jujitsu two, two, three times a week. He's probably doing his triathlons. He's probably 
I bet he's boxing maybe two, three times a week. Maybe. I'm sure he's like well off too. Don't you think? Oh yeah, he's got tons of bread. Almost yeah. guaranteed. I wonder like at what point like I guess I guess fighters just love to fight, right? It's like jujitsu guys love to do jujitsu. So well that's the thing. I always think like why don't you just stop fighting and just relax, bro? But <laughs> Live dude, life. They've, they've been living their whole life getting ready for something. Yeah, that's true. Getting ready for something. And then all of a sudden you're done and now you don't have to get ready for anything. I mean, that's how, f- and and then you don't have to get ready think, for anything and you don't have to keep improving. You don't have to keep improving. They probably just don't have any other hobbies outside of that, huh? Yeah, that's all they know. You you wake up and you train and you just try to get get better and you try to improve your cardio and you try to improve improve everything but then when you don't have competitions it's kind of hard to do and you can that's when anxiety will come in and you just like get lost and you start doing all this unhealthy shit so it, it's fucking sad for a lot of fighters it's, it's literally all they know is just train and fight well, we always talk about it too it's like damn what if we didn't have jujitsu like what would what would we be doing i guess yeah, I'd have to find something to push myself in, dude. Something to make myself uncomfortable and have to overcome it. Because even not training for a week because my fucking teeth almost got caved in. Uh, you're just like, God, I'm just a bitch. I'm just a fucking Start bitch. Power but, then, but then you have to do something tough to make you realize, like, no, I'm fucking, mm-hmm. I'm a fucking man, baby. Um, One, one question I was kind of thinking about, I was like, are... Do your passions, and I'm sure it's different for everyone, but do your passions that you have, did they come from your parents? Are they developed by your parents at a young age? Mm. Because I feel like for me, I saw my dad watching fighting at a super young age. Maybe I was 13 or 14. I was watching fighting. I was like, damn, my dad thinks that's cool. My dad thinks that's cool. I'm going to do that. So I think it's really cool. And I don't know if that's how I kind of got obsessed with martial arts. Same for Mariah. Mariah's mom is just as much or more into horses than she is. So did she engrave her buying her horses as a, like horse toys as a kid and just engrave them that way? Or where do the, where do those deep passions come from? Yeah, that's it's weird. That's when I guess you'll start saying is a uh, free will, really free will. Cause like what, what makes you attracted to something, you know? Yeah. Is it you or is it like, your, your spirit or your conditioning or yeah. what? Because I don't, I don't know. My passions, like I've always liked. I think whatever's put in front of you. Because for me, I've always liked music videos, because I used to watch that when I was younger, and like we used to watch a lot of movies, and then I got intrigued of like how are movies made, and music videos. So like I just kind of drew to that. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. But no one in my family was like a photographer, or videographer, or anything. So. And it's for weird. me, it's different. And I remember my dad making me box my neighbor, and I was probably I had to have been nine or ten years old, and my neighbor was a boxer, and he put me in the front yard. He put gloves on us, and that kid just battered me, dude. He just boom, boom, popping my head back with jabs, cracked me in the right hands, dropped me. I'd get up, he'd beat my ass again. I'm like, what the fuck? And then my dad put me in my, in the basement with one of my best friends named Logan. And he put the boxing gloves on us and he moved the bed to the side and we boxed. And my friend Logan, 6'2", at the time he was probably 6'1", six, six or whatever. And he's bouncing my head out. I remember my head bouncing off the wall because he's just smoking my <laughs> face, his blood. And my dad wasn't stopping it. He was just making me fight. Yeah, so it's weird. <laughs> it's, That's when you became a man? For real, get my fucking ass beat. <laughs> Do you remember your first fight? Like, was that your first fight? Street fight? Yeah. 
I guess. Dude, so. I got in street fights. I went to all pretty much all Native American elementary school called the name of the elementary school is called Longfellow. Did they pick on you or what? Yeah, they called me ketchup. All <laughs> they called me was ketchup. And I'd get in a fight with some uh, kids here and there, and they'd beat me up. Maybe that's why you. Maybe that's why you wanted to fight too, though. Uh, yeah, maybe. Why they call you ketchup? I don't. That's kind of. Because my up. hair's red. Okay, hair. but that's fucked up. I know. It's like, what do you call a blondie mustard? <laughs> what What do they call you, though? Vato. Beaner. <laughs> Little beaner. Uh, I think parents too, dude. They got to be careful. I mean, it's probably fucking hard because you always want what's best for your kid. Yeah. But parents that limit their kid's belief saying you can't do something. And I think our parents were trying to look out for the best of us because even my dad, when I said, I'm going to quit college, and I'm gonna start fighting. He's just like, don't do that. He's like, but from his perspective, there was uh, some boxers in Great Falls and they just, they didn't brain dead. All they had is brain damage and they didn't have anything to show for it. So he was thinking that, but he's like, you can't be a fi fighter. You can't do this. Um, and it reminds me of like JLo. I watched a documentary <laughs> on her and her mom saying, you kid? can't do this. You can't, you can't do this. And then just that, yeah, that kid went against what their parents said at a young, pretty young age, like with a lot of people I'm like, fuck that. I can do that. So parents limiting your kids saying, you can't do that. You can't do that because your brains thinks that way. Th your, your brain has the confidence that you can't do something. Yeah, it's but that little you. kid doesn't have that yet. That little mm -hmm. kid maybe thinks I can do this. I can do this. I feel like you should, Try to encourage that. I feel like for me too, like now that I think about it, I, I guess like whoever, like if I had older friends, whatever they like, like then I'd be like, oh, like I want to like that because it looks cool, you know? So I think I like mm -hmm. like basketball and shit because of like the older, like my stepdad was into basketball. So like I was like, oh, that's cool. Let me, so I started playing basketball and then all my friends around me were playing basketball. But yeah, that's weird. Yeah, I think about it. Uh, yeah, we got a uh, quite a bit on the agenda today. Today, or we're do busting out this pod, and I think Jeff Wittick is coming a little later to do a th a show with Sean, his salon show, and then he's gonna come on the Timbo Sugar Show, I think. And then we'll rest up, and then we have ghee training, and then no ghee training, and then uh, George Janko hit me up and said, "Hey, I want to roll with you, and I want to vlog it." So he's gonna come to ghee tonight. And we're gonna do a little jujitsu training. Jujitsu. Even that, that's became a passion too, and I don't, I don't know. I think I just heard it from Joe Rogan, honestly. What's became a passion? Obviously, jujitsu. Yeah, but I didn't know jujitsu when I was a kid. You know, so yeah, obviously that's true. I still develop passions later on in my life. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's see, that's what I was thinking about too. That whole thing. What about you, Dad? Uh, what are your passions? Uh, your girlfriend? Pussy and money, baby. <laughs> that for sure. Um, but I just feel like graphic design and like videos and photos and all that shit. It's like, and actually now designing clothes too is kind of cool. So yeah, you you it. both are pretty good about that kind of being creative and. Uh, I w I wonder where that came from. I feel like we work together pretty well as far as like mm -hmm. going back and forth with shit. Like I'll ask him for his input sometimes, and he'll ask me for some shit sometimes. I've always liked like art and stuff in class. Like I've literally I have like my my grades from school. I like fell everything except, except art. art class. I'd had like a B. Mm. Same. Like I've just always been into art. I don't know, just something about it. Yeah. I think all my family has been, I guess, creative too, because they've either like played instruments or music, or one of my uncles is a painter. Mm -hmm. Um. 
Yeah, my grandpa was that was his living. He was an artist. He used to draw on like license plates and like uh, buffalo skulls, and he had some sick his fucking sick, art, yeah, dude. Seen it. He he, but he's had so many thousands and thousands of pieces that like will never be seen. He ended up dying, but he used to like, yeah, just travel around, live in a bus, um, do farmers markets, setting up his art, some pretty crazy stuff. Is there anything you want to get into, like that you've never gotten into? Because uh, I've read like I was reading this book and it says like people always think like if if our lifespan is 70 years old and say we're 30, we still have like so much yeah. 40 years ahead of us. Like just start whatever you want to start. Yeah. Like, like literally if we could start, we started something right now by the time we're 42, 45, yeah, be we'll masters be, at it. Yeah. Fucking experts. I've always wanted to start oh. painting. Really? I want to get into that. That would be cool. Yeah. I mean, every, every time I see an artist, I mean, I feel like art is the coolest like gift someone has yeah, and is it too. a gift i think you can learn it oh yeah i think you can learn it too i think everybody's creative it's just some people yeah. cater to it more hone into it more than others they're just watching shit like watching youtube videos and like how yeah, to do yeah, shit yeah it's like like literally be your name we're talking about graphic designing and like photoshop it's like one thing you can fucking learn like easily yeah which is sweet so i'm always into that when people are fucking good artists it's, it's really cool Let's uh let's pull out. We'll end it here, boys, and we'll go get ourselves some omelets and at first watch. Let's end it with a little bit of Naval. Okay, Naval says, Happiness is a choice you make and a skill you develop. The mind is just as malleable as the body. We spend so much time and effort trying to change the external world, other people, and our own bodies, all while accepting ourselves the way we were programmed in our youths. We accept the voice in our head as the source of all truth. But all of it's malleable, and every day is new. Memory and identity are burdens from the past, preventing us from living freely in the present. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. It's a good book. Everyone should read this book, I feel like. Did you finish it, Jay? Yeah, I finished it. So it's too good. I'm I just going to keep going it. back to it. Yeah. Keep going back to it. Uh, yeah. It's really good. I mean, I... Guys, I'm doing this a solo talk on my uh, on the Patreon every week. This week and last week we had so many like questions that Mariah and I kind of went over all those questions and talked about them. But I'm gonna keep doing that. Uh, next week, well, maybe not next week, but the week after, I'm gonna probably dissect some of Sean's sparring and talk about the things he's doing well, things he's not doing well. But I'm gonna keep doing the solo pods every Tuesday on uh, Patreon only. And then uh, we'll keep that popping. What else is going on? Nothing else is going on. Next Tuesday we leave for fight week. And then hopefully we can go fuck Pedro up. Uh, I'm thinking about doing a bet. But then I'm like, usually I don't bet on the fights. But I'm like, fuck, dude. This one's hard not to bet on. I know, for sure. Are you going to bet? You can put a parlay in? Yeah, I'm probably going to do a Dow's literally addicted though. I think we I have to a, check him a, in. No, I took a I took a couple months off. Okay. No, you didn't. Did, you did, took like I, I one week. You didn't no, take two I months. Two. You took app. a couple months. I deleted the app. <laughs> Let's not lie to the, f- the couple the months folks Dow. listening. I did delete the app and then. How I long ago though? Literally like a month ago. I haven't taken shit. Give us a sound. Give us a, a crowd laugh or something. I don't even know which one's which yet. That's good, right there. Because <laughs> that's a lie. No, I did. You delete told the app, me two I, weeks ago. I that did you delete it. I did delete it. Okay. It's never, not even a month. It's probably two weeks at least. Yeah. 
I did delete it and I stopped taking bets. What does your girl think about your Because addiction? she's like, because there'll be times where I'll hit and I'll be like, I went like 2K and I'm like, oh shit. And then I'm like, okay, I could maybe make more. But then I'm like, and then I lose 200 and I start going down. I'm like, okay. So. Um, so all time, how much do you think you've lost? Probably about like maybe $1,700. Lost. Yeah, but I made 2K, so I kind of made it back. All the shit that I love. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But dude, the shit's fun. It's fun because you're like, fuck, I can make money. And you're like, And then fuck. fighting, it's hard though. Like fighting. I think I would just do like a knockout, like, and that's it. Or if I fucking lost, you know, is it? Yep. I'm out with that. <laughs> yep, oh. yep, 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 yep. Uh, yeah. Subscribe to Tim's OnlyFans. Okay. Yeah. Okay, guys. <laughs> if you want to support it, uh patreon.com slash redhawk academy. Tons of stuff going up there. That's where I reply or talk to everyone in uh yeah, we're going to keep going. So hope you enjoyed the show. Thanks for everything. Uh, I think we're almost at 15,000 subscribers, which is good. We're enjoying it, and we're going to keep going. So love y'all. Bye-bye. Peter, going to shuffle in. I'm going to throw a two, one, and I'm going to come over the top.